What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Trust the Bank podcast, and we are doing it a little bit differently this time. We're going to try something new. I think, you know, the viewers, especially on the YouTube side, are going to like it. It's going to make more sense watching it on YouTube. But on the podcast, said what we're going to be doing is it's no longer going to be the full-on, um, you know, three-segment shows. We're going to just post each of the shows individually. So that way, it kind of makes sense. And when you're watching the videos on YouTube, it doesn't seem like the weird transition. You can't, sometimes you watch a video and you're like, where's this video coming from? It'll be like a segment from the podcast. So this way, each one will be like its own separate podcast episode and we'll put those out. And I may start also uploading um, the, the daily content as well onto the podcast platform. We'll see how that goes. And then the final announcement is we're going to be setting up um, a Instagram and we're also going to be setting up a TikTok account. And what those are going to be for, we'll post some clips from the show, but the biggest thing that's going to be for is highlighting, you know, plays and things like that from like NFL Game Pass and really analyzing those parts of Ravens football and and highlighting certain things and talking about it on there. So if you want to see that type of analysis, um, I'll tweet it out on Twitter. You know, I got to change this graphic, but the Twitter is not at Trust the Bank. It's at TTV underscore Ravens. I'm pretty sure that's what it is. Um, it's either that or TTP Ravens, but I'll, I'll tweet it out on there when those get set up. It, they'll be set up this week, but uh, that's it for the intro. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you know, subscribe for Daily Ravens content. But in this video, we're going to be talking about our three biggest takeaways from the first preseason game against the Saints. If you didn't know, Ravens defeated the Saints 17-14 to in a wild game, including six forced turnovers from the Ravens defense. And it really, it came down to the wire. Uh, with a with a massive Sean Wade interception to kind of seal it up for the Ravens. But we each got three uh, big takeaways that we want to go through. We'll just alternate first. Uh, Joshua, why don't you go first? What was what was one of your big three takeaways from this game? All right, Ravens family, what's going on, man? I hope y'all doing good. And, you know, I hope y'all enjoyed y'all, y'all, enjoyed y'all weekend and enjoyed that win last night as well. Um, my first takeaway from, the, uh, from last night's game was a front seven play. You know, that's something we always been talking about, you know, not getting enough um, pressure on the QB or not getting enough sacks. And granted, y'all, this was a preseason game. This was against the backups and stuff like that. These are guys fighting for positions. But to see, you know, Metabuke, Broderick Washington, you know, Dalen Hayes, and even, you know, Mr. Away get out there and really show, you know, what he's about, you know, it gives you some type of – it gives you, I would say, hope, you know, because, you know, we got we got a lot of vets. We got Derek Wolf. We got Calais Campbell. We have Brandon Williams. We have Penel McPhee. Justin Houston now has been added as well. We know what they all can do. But at the same time, the clock is ticking on them, you know, in the football sense. So, you know, you know, we have a good group of vets and a good group and a good group of youth. And I, I, me personally, I like the good guys we have in the um and around as um, far as youth. The only person that maybe really disappointed me was Jalen Ferguson. You know, he looked good. He looks like he's in shape. But, you know, he wasn't getting off the tackler, you know, as as he should. You know, I mean, of course he can uh, get in the backfield, stop a run. You know, we love that. But, you know, coming into the league, he was called sack daddy. We expected to see some sacks. We haven't, seen, we haven't really seen that out of them yet. You know, I know y'all guys was, you know, giving them all different types of names, slack daddy. I think that's my, one of my favorite ones. Um, but you know, like I said, you know, even even Justin Matabuke, he didn't really get a. He, he, I think he was um, involved in the fumble. But Broderick Washington, you know, yes, he um, surprisingly, you know, I thought I, I, I'm pretty sure McConnell and I pretty pretty, uh, pretty 
pretty much thought he was going to be gone from the team um, from his uh, off this, uh, uh, during the uh, offseason um, uh, activities. Um, so it's good to see him on the field. It's good to see him in the purple and black. But he was really around the ball. You know, he was really uh, making his presence known. He was, you know, beating off the wood, uh, would-be offensive linemen and really getting really getting back there and causing pressure. Um, Dalen Hayes, you know, another young man that is a – I look at him as a technician. You know, we talk about his leadership and what he brings to the table. And, um, you know, I, I, see, I see him working against the right tackle, getting his hand uh, – using – those uh those hand the, his handwork those skills man you know if you don't learn any type of technical skill you know you, you're gonna be sol aka uh jalen ferguson but <laughs> dalen Hayes shows you know what he what he what he's been learning what he uh what he's able to do and then you know our number one one of our uh, first rounders mr away of course, he showed his athleticism. He showed that he can get in the backfield. He showed that he can stop the run. He showed that he can even, you know, play in the in the coverage, man. So, you know, being able to see how Wink is going to be scheming things up for all these young men and how they can be effective, you know, I'm looking forward. It makes me more than excited. Um, I definitely feel like we have a championship defense. So I definitely love the front seven play. Um, my linebackers, everybody's going to crucify me for this. But um, – I, I, I'm, I'm gonna keep on saying that Malik Harrison is gonna—he's uh, gonna continue showing showing the world what he's capable of. Now, not taking—I mean, I'm not taking nothing away from PQ. PQ is a baller. PQ is an athlete, but he now showing—he now understands the playbook. The game has now slowed down for him. I feel like even though Malik Harrison last year didn't get as many reps. Um, because LJ Fort was playing that along beside PQ. But when Malik Harrison did get in the game, he made his presence known, and that's what he did last night. And I feel like he's going to continue doing that and stacking up. So that's my take from the front, front seven. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we when we kind of decided on this topic, we both kind of went in the same direction because my first major takeaway was Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison. Not only did – you know, individually, they both played very well. Malik Harrison forcing the fumble and Patrick Queen just, you know, just like he said in the Ravens wire, see ball, get ball. He was all around the field when he was on the field and he just went absolutely crazy. You know, they threw the, I can't remember if it was a slant or a, I'm sorry, a stretch run to the left side or if it was like a quick throw to the running back, but he picked him up and threw him down. And then on the very next play, he was able to contain and they get a nice big sack on Taysom Hill. He did not look like what he looked like last year. The game has absolutely slowed down for him and it makes him look even faster. His athleticism showed and Malik Harrison's athleticism showed as well as, you know, they were both making plays out there. The biggest thing that I saw was when Patrick Quinn was on the field, Malik Harrison was right beside him pretty much the entire time. And that's the big thing that I'm really happy about because when they got drafted, I thought this is a perfect pair to play together. Last year, we didn't get to see them play together a ton. I wish we got to see it more, but it was a lot of LJ Fort and Chris Board and those guys who played well. But this year, it looks like we're going to be seeing a lot of PQ and Malik Harrison together, which is a scary sight um, even today but especially for the future of this Ravens front seven. I absolutely love that combo, but uh, that's it. That's my first uh, big takeaway. Joshua, what's your second big takeaway from this preseason game? All right, y'all. Y'all know I preach about it. Uh, other than the front seven, my favorite position is running backs. So um, I know everybody's been on Twitter. Y'all been crucifying Justice Hill. Um, I know y'all talking about cutting him. Understand this, y'all. You know, he just, it's preseason. He's going to get those reps. You know, they see him more as a, 
I guess you could say a flanker, more of a pass, a, a, a guy to catch the ball out the backfield and make a little bit of moves and, and, and move forward. Honestly, we all see that he doesn't run hard. We know, you know, he runs a little timid. He doesn't run north and south. You know, we like our guys to be, you know, big body running backs, you know, guys that know how to plant their foot, go go north and south and take a couple bodies with them. And that's what we saw in Tyson and uh, Tyson Williams. Um, the first, the first, uh, his first carry, I think he took about three, four people for, for the ride. I, I don't know if it was a linebacker or a safety that jumped on his back, but I got to understand our running backs, they, you know, we don't miss leg day. We don't miss leg day. They left, you know, and they, and they, and they pride themselves on that. And I know he, and I know he also um, busts one up on the left side, I think about, about 12, 15 yards. The young man runs hard. He knows how to see the hole. He has good vision, but, my third running back, and McConnell can agree with me, you know, is is our guy that comes from the unknown school, a gem, and you know he's, he's light on his feet, but he runs hard, and uh, he move, you know, he he move like he he move like somebody walking on water. Uh, Nate McCurry, um, that young man is, you know, definitely I, I would definitely say um, he can be a premier back in someone's um, lineup. But you know, honestly, you know, coming behind J.K. and Gus Edwards and being a change a change up back is somebody that we need. You know, we do have J.K. as the feature. You know, Gus is the ground and pound man. But to have someone with that type of silkiness and smoothness, almost like a Le'Veon Bell style, uh, type of style, is something that will actually um, set us apart and actually give give Lamar Jackson uh, a break as far as running the ball as well. So um, you know, I definitely feel like Nate McCarry is is that third man. You know, he, he definitely has to fight out Tyson, Tyson. But at the end of the day, I feel like Nate McCurry will show enough where he can go ahead and be that third running back come this, uh, this season. Yeah, absolutely. That third running back spot is definitely a big thing. Kind of a spoiler alert, tomorrow's video slash podcast segment will be about that third running back position. So don't worry, we will talk a lot more about that this week. Uh, that'll be coming out on Tuesday. So obviously make sure to come back to check that out if you're interested in the Ravens' third running back uh, spot on the roster. We'll talk about all the guys. My second big takeaway was the weapon, Josh Oliver. Now, I came into this game like maybe expecting to see a quarter out of Josh Oliver. This guy pretty much played the entire game. He didn't play a lot in the fourth quarter, but he was the guy at tight end the entire game. Now, Mark Andrews and Nick Boyle were out, but all of the backups, I believe we saw. I mean, we saw Eli Wolf, We saw Tomlinson. Uh, we obviously saw Oliver. Um, we had, let's see here, uh, Benjamin Victor. We had, we had a lot of guys that were that were coming out playing tight end for us. And, you know, oh, I'm sorry. I, I don't know why I said Benjamin Victor. Benjamin Victor's wide receiver. But we had, we had plenty of guys going out there to play tight end for the Ravens. And Josh Oliver was the guy that was out there pretty much more than everybody else combined, it seemed like. And he made his and he made it worth it. He led the Ravens in targets. Um, I believe he had six targets, which tied for the lead of the team. And that's something that Ravens love out of their tight end. He can block and he can catch. And, you know, I, I've been saying it all along. I really think he's the tight end three. He's the perfect hybrid type tight end where he's a passer, pass catcher, and he's a blocker. And and we really got to see that. And he played well. He had one, I guess you can call it a drop. However, it was a poorly placed ball by Tyler Huntley. I'm not trying to slander Tyler Huntley, but, you know, Josh Oliver turns around to his right side and the ball was on his left. He basically had to do a 360, wasn't able to pull it in. It was catchable, but it was going to be a very difficult catch. But other than that, he was really good. 
Um, once he catches the ball, was not amazing after the catch, but that's not something that I'm expecting to see out of him. I, I expect him to be the third tight end on the roster, somebody that, you know, when we come out in three tight end sets, can leak out on a play action and, and catch a 15-yard touchdown or something like that, not looking for him to go 40 yards down the field and catch a post route. That's Mark Andrews' job. So, you know, Josh Oliver, very impressed with him, you know, I was not expecting to see as much of him as I did, but I'm very pleased that we did. And he looked very good, but Joshua, what's your final major takeaway from this game? uh, This Ravens game. All right. So my last take is Ravens magic. And, you know, when it comes to Ravens magic, it's, you know, putting these, it's putting some of these guys out here on display and getting inquiries about them. Um, We all know how that went last year. When was it last year or the year before last? I think it was two years ago. Okay. With uh, our kicker, Kare Vedvik. Yes, you know, <laughs> even though he shouldn't have been hanging around the Baltimore streets doing whatever he was doing, but hey, he did what he did. You know, unfortunately, but he still was able. He was still trade. He was still he still had trade value, and you know, we traded him and got Yannick Nagatwe out of that. Um, now, who's to say? You know, between our quarterback, maybe our second quarterback play. Um, maybe someone that emerges in the in our secondary as far as a safety or even, you know, with with our kickers and punters. You know, someone's going to be acquiring about them because, you know, one thing that I, I'll give it to John Harbaugh and the organization, one thing they can do, they can find a kicker. Um, they can find, you know, some diamonds in the rough, especially um, EDC and Ozzie Newsom. Um, so I definitely feel like, you know, with, with the talent that we have been – that we have on the field – being displayed, someone's going to inquire about one of our guys. You know, if it sounds right, I feel like EDC, of course, is going to hit the hit, hit that. Uh, he's going to pull the trigger on it. And also, you know, it may be someone that be that may be a cat 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 casualty. Excuse me, y'all. Or you know, um, they may they may um, they just wasn't that fit for that fifty three man roster or wherever they was at. And sometimes, you know, you you all know Ravens fans. Uh, we can get a guy. And they can play their heart out for us and be a valuable asset. You never know who may be our next wide receiver if things don't get better on the help side. You never know who may can be our next offensive lineman that can um, contribute a lot to you know uh, off, to the offensive line and keep Lamar Jackson protected and our running backs and open up holes for our running backs. You just never know these things. So I definitely see. I definitely know EDC in the front office are going to be looking around watching and listen to inquiry. So I'm just right. I'm just, I'm looking forward to the Ravens magic. Absolutely. I mean, there were a lot of guys that stood out that won't make the team. For example, we had three safeties that all played it very well. Geno stone, yep. uh, Brandon Stevens and our Darius Washington. Not all three of them are going to be able to make the roster. So maybe one of them in, inquired trade value. I don't think the Ravens would trade Brandon Stevens, but I think they'd be willing to trade our Darius and they'd be willing to trade Geno. And so, like, just looking at that, and the Ravens have always been good at, you know, kind of flipping those guys. They may not even turn into anybody special, but the Ravens get value for them. And they they had a lot of guys flashing. The Ravens were very good at finding those diamonds in the rough. And and I think that's, that's a great takeaway uh, because, and you know, overall just Ravens and takeaways. They were pretty good this weekend. So um, my final takeaway has to be Adafe away. He came in there, and I – I would assume he's silenced all of the critics of the Adafi Away draft selection. 
I understand that the Saints didn't start their offensive tackles, but Adafi away completely flashes athleticism. Now, he didn't get the sack when he broke through the offensive line and got to the quarterback, but it was the same type of play that he was making at Penn State. You know, he gets past the guy, he creates the chaos, and then he's able to hit the quarterback, and then two other guys are able to finally collapse on him, and he it just you know wreaks havoc. And back when he was in Penn State, who are the guys getting the sacks? Micah Parsons and Shaka Tony. And, you know, now in the NFL, it's going to be guys like Patrick Queen, guys like Justin Houston, guys like Calais Campbell, Brandon Williams. Quarterback has to step up. They reach in and grab him. His athleticism was fully on display, not just in the passers game, but even in the run stuffing game. Uh, they ran the ball out to the left side. He picked up the running back from behind and pulled him backwards. Basically a reverse of the Orlando Brown Jr., uh, New England Patriots touchdown where he picked up Lamar Jackson and fell yeah. into the end zone. He picked up the running back and fell him back into the backfield. Um, and that, that was a very impressive play in my opinion. And then not even just defense. They put him out on special teams running after the punts. And he was right there when that, then that punt returner caught the ball. If he hadn't fair caught it, we, we may have seen a helmet rolling into the back of the end zone because he was there he looks unbelievable in, in open space. You know, his athleticism is just eye-popping anytime you see him running. Now, he did struggle in pass coverage, which is expected. It's never been something that he's been asked to do. But I think it's something that he can absolutely work on because he does have the athleticism to be able to get back into coverage. He was just going up against a veteran, Ty Montgomery, who played wide receiver in college, played wide receiver in the NFL, and then transitioned into a running back. And he ran a pretty good uh, route about 20 yards down the field to make a good reception. But other than pass coverage, which I wouldn't expect him to be proficient at by any means, he absolutely flashed. And he was a massive takeaway that I was able to see from that in, in that he shut the critics up because so many people were like, oh, he can't get sacks. He's not good. Don't have to get the sacks. He didn't have a sack this game. But his impact was felt on the field. So that's that's my final takeaway. You know, I'll kind of recap what they all were, um, just so people remember. Front seven play, PQ and Malik Harrison, the third running back spot, Josh Oliver, the Ravens magic and the diamonds in the rough that they find, and then Adafe Away's athleticism. But Joshua, do you have anything else to add before we wrap this up? Man, not at all, man. I'm just ready for, ready for the next preseason game. Absolutely. Unfortunately, we have to wait all the way until Saturday. But don't worry, everybody. We're going to do another live stream on Saturday, hour before the game, um, and then however long after the game, and you know, just have as much fun as possible with that. Um, and because the last one was the last one was unbelievable. It was it was so much fun. The amount of things that happened in that it was wild. But it, we had a ton of fun doing it. Hopefully, everybody in the stream enjoyed it as well. But that's going to do it for this. I don't even have to say segment, but that's going to do it for this podcast. This you know, just this video in general, I got to figure out a way that we can call it uh, something that we can call it. But I uh, thank everybody for watching slash listening. Um, hit the subscribe button down below if you enjoyed it. Want to see Daily Ravens content. And we will see all of you again tomorrow. We're going to be talking about the third running back spot and all the guys that could be fitting in there on the Ravens depth chart.